Isn't that just such an enjoyably creepy song? I know, it's like it creeps you out, but in just like a nice way. <laughs> I don't know why. And look, to be honest, welcome to Get Into Geek. We are talking event cinemas in the house program for the back end of 2017. We are up to week number five, 1987's The Lost Boys, the vampire classic. My name is Mitch. Joining me is Maddie. How Yo. are you, mate? That was a good night watching this oh, at the uh, at the cinemas. So good. I've never seen it on the big screen. It's a 30th year anniversary of this film. Oh, God, it is too. Yeah. Now, let me confess to you, that was my first screening. Really? My first viewing of this film. It's something that's always been on my radar, like an iconic little poster. I, mm. I can see, I don't know, even know the actress's name, but her, Kiefer Sutherland, their heads tilted oh, against one it's, another. Um, it's the chick from Twister. Yeah, I know from Twister. And yeah, what I'd, sitcom I'd... is she on as well? Um, oh, and then, of course, uh, Jason Patrick, who I didn't know played such an integral role in this movie. I know, but right? He's hidden behind the glasses, a red background. I can see the poster. I've always had this in my mind. It's a bit in excessy as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. So glorious. Yeah. I've never seen this film. Really? So I, I go in and I'm like, oh, okay, what's this going to be like? Mate, after 15 minutes, I'm like, this is a cool yeah. movie. Now, in this podcast and, you know, in our personal lives, I do make fun of a lot of the fact that... I'm the youngest of three kids, two older sisters, one's four years older, one's nine years older, and I am jealous of you and your brother because you're so close together in age and you guys are like best mates and brothers, <laughs> and I always wish I had that. But the one thing I will appreciate for my older sisters is I saw stuff like this a way before I was supposed to age-wise, <laughs> but also just exposed me to um, uh, to this sort of stuff. Uh, Jamie Gertz. Was the name of the actress who played Star? I've just been I'm yeah. while we've been chatting. Gorgeous! I can understand why Michael like chased her and then decided to become a vampire for her. <laughs> um, it all makes perfect sense now. But yeah. yeah, man, like what actually I was really surprised with this film when it started because I I didn't know what this movie was about. I didn't know whether it was pure horror. It mm. was a bit of a what I I actually assumed that's kind of what it was like horror light basically. It's a coming of age film. Yeah. it's a romance. It's Sort of part comedy, if you a little go, bit of action thrown in there. If you go in thinking there. that this is a straight up horror film, you will be disappointed. I can guarantee you. But but the horror elements you, in it. If you go in understanding that it's sort of a horror comedy, you know, sort of thing, it's so enjoyable. It's yeah. like it's like Michael is living the horror story film. Yeah. But his little brother Sam is living the Goonies fun action adventure yeah, film. Stand by me sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's just such a cool sort of two different films coming together at the end and it's I just and and being the hardcore Buffy fan fan that I am it's like this came out five years before the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer film so I feel like this is something that they they were trying to replicate this kind of success with Buffy the Vampire Slayer failed miserably with the film <laughs> but then it then allowed us to you know uh, have the TV series come after that because this is the kind of thing that Joss Whedon was trying to sort of twist on its on its head is the idea of, you know, there's so many, like, if you really think about it, Star and Michael's mum are the only women in this entire film. Yeah. Joss Whedon kind of turned that on its head and, and instead of them being the damsels in distress around all these men, they, she, you know, Buffy was the main character. She was the one slaying the vampires and making Valley Girl quips and that sort of stuff. So it's like you, you've, 
if you're a fan of Buffy and, and things like that, you have to acknowledge this as one of the predecessors that, that allowed it to happen. Yeah. And, and and as far as being Catalyst, certainly one of them, of the two Corys. The Corys. That 80s gave us, uh, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, who to me, Corey Feldman will always be Donatello, yes, the voice of Donatello definitely. from the original Turtles. And then he came back for number three, yes? He missed number two, but I think he, he came back for Turtles uh, 3, the back in time thing. Well, and he's even come back in uh, the latest uh, animated incarnation has that really? has... Um, uh, what's his name? Samwise from um Oh Lord yes, of the Rings. that's right. Yeah. He's Raphael in it, and then there's a few others. But he's actually come back as Raphael's pet turtle turned mutant slash. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Corey's okay. Turtles has that. really progressed since I last caught up with it. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was it was great to see. I mean, I knew they were in this. Mm. Well, it, it does answer my mind. Question I was going to ask you is, gun to your head, which yeah. Corey would you choose? Feldman. Yeah. I have it. to go Feldman no. because honestly, I don't think I've seen a lot of. Hey, certainly not this young. And no. Corey Feldman, though, in this movie, just, I won't say overacting because that's what the character was, like this kid who thought he was grown up and I'm being tough and I'm ridden the, oh, yeah. the world of vampires, the man. The whole back half of the film, his, his voice is down three yeah. octaves because he's yeah. putting on that. Because it's like the film was only shot in like three weeks, so it's not like he experienced puberty because <laughs> his voice as a grown man isn't that deep. Yeah. Um, but it was him, you know, going on this adventure, putting on that deep voice to sort of, yeah, we're going to do this, you know, trying to be sort of tough in this in this scenario. Yeah. Um, just hilarious. So great. Just These two hilarious. kids that work in a comic book shop, they know what's going on. There's vampires around. And talking about the vampire aspect, which obviously we will because it's a vampire film, but for me, I have it's been a long time since I've seen a vampire anything where the vampires fly. Yeah. Well, see, they did that in the original Buffy. Yeah. Uh, you've got Pee Wee Herman as a vampire flying. <laughs> it's, it's as amazing and as ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, and then he's overacting. Oh, the Pee Wee Herman death scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of the best things in cinema you'll ever see. Yeah, right. Um, depending how you grade cinema. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like that. It, they they did realise in Buffy, it's like, oh yeah, no, let's get rid of the flying. Mm. But they kept the um, prosthetic brow. Yep. Um, even I think Corey Feldman coined the phrase vamping out. He vamped oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's taking it out of the Nosferatu, Dracula, yep. um, old school 1800s Transylvania and put it into this modern context of, oh, these are all these, you know, 80s punk slackers, yeah. you know, goth, not really, but on their way to what goth was. Yeah. Being vampires. Yeah. Like, you and like know. That's why I found myself thinking a lot watching this was, these guys have been around for a while. They're adapting to the times, and mm. because of their age when they became immortal, yeah. they're at this age where they can go a bit punk, and they're wearing clothes that they're wearing, and they've got their hairstyle the way they've... Like, this film yeah. is so goddamn 80s, it oh, is yeah. not even the, funny. The, the one shot where you see Kiefer Sutherland drinking the, the, the blood out yeah. of the bottle, and he's got... Shoulder pads that must add a meter to his width. Yeah. And then these just ridiculously long eyelashes yeah. was just, I don't know what was bigger. The eye, the the shoulder pads or the eyelashes. I honestly couldn't tell you which one was bigger. See, if they made this film now, but still set it in 1987, and they styled them this way, they dressed them this way, they made them up this way, I'd be like, oh, get your hand off yeah, it. Like, no how much odies do you need to put in this? This is a movie made in 1987. Yeah. They just make a movie with what they've got around them, the, 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 the world as it currently was in America. Yeah. It's, that's it. That's what it looked like. It's glorious. And I love the eighties. Did you recognise one of the little, uh, like one of the the backup vampires? Yes, I was about to talk about him. Yeah, Alex Winter. And I'm like, Bill. why is why is he not why is he not talking? 
He's in Bill and Ted, like has, but it, this was mm. made two years before Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ted. So yeah. he obviously is, he's at like a featured extra almost. Like he, he hardly has a line. He's the first vampire killed at the end. Explodes in the glorious yeah. blood, my God. Now look, I love talk, little things like that. Talk about the cast. Let's go to who made this, the crew. Joel Schumacher made this film. <laughs> I don't know why it, it surprised me. It's like, oh, he made Batman and Robin, so he's off. Like, he's made a lot of other stuff that I have really enjoyed. I just, I, I feel like I should have known this about this movie that it's a Joel Schumacher film from 1987. The innocence of the 80s when Joel Schumacher's <laughs> name wasn't a punchline to a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just such an innocent time to think that he did to Batman what Twilight did to vampires. Whereas in you turn it around, oh God, he, he made this movie, which vampires are so cool and dangerous and threatening. Now, yeah. before we got to Twilight, which sort of really killed off people's interest in vampires. Oh, well, I not think... Not killed. Well, okay, not killed well, off. It's unfair. We're, but... kind of, we're kind of old people now, I guess. In the yeah. We're in our 30s. There is a lot of that... Um, <laughs> uh, vampire Diaries. My, yes. my 19-year-old Okay, niece. well, it killed off, I guess, people's interest in... More traditional vampires. Yeah, now we now see them more as love these story, yeah, um, tragic soppy, romantic figures. Which yeah. Buffy did touch on with the Buffy and Angel aspect, yeah. but obviously me being the hardcore fan, it was done. I feel it was done a lot better. Mm. But my 19-year-old niece tried to convince me that because I'm such a hardcore Buffy fan, I would love the Vampire Diaries and True Blood, and I'm going. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cop it. Not even gonna True go Blood. There. I will go to first because it still does cut them as more villainous mm. figures, which is what I loved about this. You know that from the start, before you even see them, they are killing people. Oh yeah, and they move to what they say the murder capital of the world. That's actually where this movie started to get a little bit. I'm like, oh, really? Like, because they, it, 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 that's where it was in the comedy side, but they're bringing the horror elements that people go mm. missing every night. People are killed. Never seen again, I imagine, because they just keep putting up missing posters everywhere. People still walk around. There's no curfew or nothing. There's not like a greater police force out looking for these people or interviewing mm. people or or, or, or sidelining the likes of Kiefer Sutherland. Everyone, everyone spends their nights at the boardwalk on carousels. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like more shit could be getting done if indeed people are going missing as much as what they are in this film. Mm. Um, and then even, I guess, Sam's jump so quickly when he sees his brother, he goes, oh, you fought my dog. Oh, yeah, my dog bit you. He goes, yeah, yeah, he thought I was going to hurt you. And then he's, look at your um, look at your reflection. You're a vampire. And I'm like, what the <laughs> f***, man? You don't live in a supernatural world. You live in a real world as far as you know. All of a sudden, you've read a, a vampire. It's not like this kid's eight and can jump to conclusions like yeah. that. I just found that a little bit strange. And then he's like, I'm telling mom, you're a vampire. I'm telling mom, you're going to be in so much trouble. And I'm like, okay, yeah. if you've jumped to the conclusion because you're so scared of vampires, mm. you're scared of them because you know how dangerous they are, he doesn't care if you're going to go yeah. tell mommy, mate. That's because he's living in the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's living in the Goonies. Yeah. Michael's living in Twilight, yeah. but Sam's living in Goonies. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's so amazing. But at the same time, it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, to go further in the cast, Kiefer Sutherland, who for me will always be Jack Bauer. Uh, I loved 24. I've never seen an episode of 24. Never seen it. Oh, you've got to watch the first, the first series. You can do away with the rest if you want. I like some of them, but the first series is, is great. He I is will, excellent. I will issue this challenge. Okay. I will watch as many episodes of 24 as you watch Gilmore Girls. I've, I've seen many Gilmore Girls oh! episodes. I couldn't tell you how much. I had a girlfriend in high school. She watched it. She ah. loved it. Well, did you recognize Ed Herman? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, father, the, the patriarch. Yeah, of course. No, I like him. For me, mm. he is uh, Richard Rich from Richie Rich. Oh, yes. And um, <laughs> Eddie Munster. Not Eddie Munster. Who is 
Herman. Yeah, so before Kiefer Sutherland becomes, you know, the greatest American hero that saved the world nine times. Um, <laughs> Without he was, taking a bathroom break. <laughs> he was one of the great villains of the 80s. He plays such a good asshole because mm-hmm. a year before this, he's in Stand By Me. Yeah. Torturing these younger kids, you know, stalking them, ready to kill them. It was like a good audition piece for The Lost Boys. Yeah. Where he plays was... a pretty, like, it's not like a deep character villain, <gasps> but... Mate, do you want a cinema universe? <laughs> Stand By Me was set in the 50s, wasn't it? Yes. He was bitten by a vampire. Matt, if you think that I haven't already thought about that. <laughs> I forgot. Who am I talking to? And that in turn, Corey Feldman is a vampire but doesn't want to be. And so Ooh. he is one of the kids. He walked off after that meeting on the hill. Yeah. And then sought out to become a vampire hunter. The, re- the reason his, his, uh, his image disappeared in that film is because <laughs> you were looking at reflection. <laughs> <laughs> and also, full circle, Stand By Me was in the last program of In The House. Mic drop, boom! Thank you, Event Cinemas. So, oh, this is just so much fun. The music, so 80s as well. Whether it be the so score good. or the songs they use. And just, yeah, a wonderful mix. While I think certain parts of each don't blend into the next as easily as maybe what Joel Schumacher would have hoped, I do love, you know, the nature of him going after Star. Michael going after Star. Mm. Kiefer Sutherland's David saying, you know, chase me, Michael. Come with us, Michael. Become one of us, Michael. (laughs) And he's essentially going off with guys that will probably kill him because they're dangerous. He's just cracked onto his girlfriend and that's where it becomes like a bit of a horror story, much like the fly we were talking about last in the house program. That moment that Jeff Goldblum's character, like he's, his body parts start ripping off himself. Mm. That's where I'm like, this is one of the more horrific scenes I've ever seen in a film. Not because it's gory, but because this guy's life has changed. It will never go back. He will never, ever get better. Like he, he's, he's turning into a creature. And that horrified me, that scene. This is kind of the same thing, even though obviously come the end, you know, they sort of get themselves all fixed up again yeah. because the old, you know, vampire tail, you kill the head vampire, then you kill all of his underlings that he turned. Well, and this weird thing about how they're only half vampires because they haven't yeah. fed yet. That was the one thing I was... Yeah, that was strange I never, too. I don't think they really set that up properly. That- and because to, it's probably one of the older vampire stories that I've seen, because for me, I was 12 when the first Blade movie came out, right? So I'd seen oh, vampire yep. stuff before. Mm. I'd heard of a lot of other vampire stuff before, but for me, that was the first real vampire-ish sort of... And it's not even a vampire movie. It's a guy who hunts vampires, but still. Yeah, it's a very much comic doesn't, book. doesn't stick to a lot of the really traditional lore. No. Like... Yes, it has, you know, sunlight and, and silver and all those sort yeah. of things, but doesn't have the um, reflection thing. Doesn't or have the flight thing. The flight, the... Um, they can move quick and they can jump high, but they can't fly. Can't be can't enter your house unless it's invited. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is something that even Buffy kept as, yeah, a great right. little, you yeah. know, as a great little thing. And so that's where I actually established a lot of my vampire knowledge. Not that I thought that it was, mm. it was golden concreted rules or anything from Blade, but whenever I saw anything else, I did compare it and go, oh, so in so the Underworld franchise, which came out a couple of years later, it's like vampires aren't allergic to silver. Werewolves are allergic to silver. So, But I'm like, oh, in Blade, it was, you know, it was yeah. vampires. And then in this, they don't mention silver. It's just purely holy water. And that didn't come into Blade really mm. uh, before either. So the older it gets, the more traditional vampire sort of story that it is this is where I'm taking a lot more of my knowledge and the idea that vampires are flying when you compare it to freaking Robert Pattinson <laughs> and Twilight or something like holy shit um, 
I was a little bit funny before they mentioned the half vampire thing that he could still walk around in the sun. He just had to wear sunnies. I'm like, oh, really? Because mm. I kind of want you to be allergic to the sun. But when you saw Kiefer Sutherland put his hand out and it like a spark and his hand was on fire. And I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. We're getting a bit more well, traditional. The, to me, the, the, the really traditional thing is to, to become a vampire, you need to be bitten by a vampire. It's, me too. You yes. know? Yep. So the fact that, and they kind of allude to, so Michael is never completely turned. Star hasn't either and then apparently I think even the little kid the little boy that she's trying to protect as well mm. even though he does vamp out at the end yeah. so that's a little more but the the rules they kind of imply is that okay so you drink vampire blood and you become half a vampire I'm not sure if you and get that will give you the thirst and yeah, so I'm not, shit, but yeah. I'm not sure if it gives you anything it must give you um, the longevity of life mm. Because well, how long has Star been? Yeah, well, that's that's the the bit I didn't understand. Yeah. So normally, like in like in the way you said, Blade is your establishment. For me, it is like the Nosferatu and the and the Buffy in particular. Mm. Is it's okay? You're bitten by a vampire that turns you into a vampire. A vampire has the choice to either drink your blood completely and kill you, or to turn you to become one of them. And then yeah, you did have Max, the head vampire. At the end, he said to the mum, Judy, Lucy. I still want you to join me. Mm. And he went to bite her. Fangs went to bite her in the neck. I thought she was going to get done. And then the grandfather just conveniently drives his ute through and goes, <laughs> I hate vampires. Cut the credits. The yeah. One of the strangest endings I think I've ever seen to a movie. Yeah. I'm like, God, that feels a little bit anticlimactic, but whatever. Um, that was their way of ending it on a joke. Yeah. So he was going to turn her by biting her. But yeah. I guess, is that because he is the head vampire? I, mm. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, it's like, well, how long has Star been traveling around with them? Yeah. Is she just new? And it, with that way, she is only sort of 17 or 18 or whatever. I, I guess that but if the the premise there was that she's been fighting the thirst mm. so she's drunk vampire blood does that mean she gets the longevity but she's just been powerful enough to stop the thirst and from feeding to turn her full full vampire at which point you know if you've got the willpower you can live forever just drinking vampire blood yeah you know yeah. so there's no words you know in the in the buffy verse it was okay well vampire bites you and can kill you if he wants to turn you they then, like a vampire that bit you, will cut themselves and make you drink their blood. You know, yeah. you the, like, and there's this weird, creepy, incestuous sort of thing behind it. So that was the only sort of confusion I ever had, especially especially the first time I watched the film. I really didn't understand. I didn't even understand what Michael was. I was like, well, well we didn't see anyone bite him. That was the only thing that sort of confused me a little bit. Yeah. Just in terms of they just kind of just established their own kind of vampire lore in that sort of way. But once you sort of understand that, when you go back and watch it again, it's just it's just joyous. It's just so much fun. Talking about Joel Schumacher before, I was just reading online that he mm. was actually the one that made the change uh, for the characters to be teenage vampires. Because initially yeah. they were like in grade school. They were, they were in primary school. Oh, like Children of the Corn or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so I don't know whether that's where the Lost Boys name came from and it just stuck because they said they, they like the comparison of kids that never grew up from um, Peter Pan. Yeah. And Joel Schumacher's like, well, it's it's actually more interesting to me if they're a little bit older. Well, and I'm can... so glad that it was because then you got the two generational things with the Corys and Corey Feldman's brother in the film and then he's got to save his older brother who's and going through And there's always trouble. been something overtly sexual about vampires. That's yeah. why films like Twilight do you know get a, a large following? Is it's mm. that the what they got the eternal bite, you know, yeah. that that lasting forever sort of thing. So, I, I find it more interesting when it's skew them a little bit older into their teenage years and have kind of that, yeah, the, the romance kind of thing there as well. Because it's it's a it's a key, it's a key part of any vampire film, there yeah. has to be some kind of you know love story there. Even you look at um, Interview with a Vampire, and yeah. one of the most 
interesting parts of that. You're seeing a young Kirsten Dunst, you know, age, yeah. but still be in a little girl's body. And yeah, that is one of the more terrifying elements of that story is yeah. that she is this little girl and hated them for changing her because mm. she will never grow old. And you talk about True Blood before. Um, Deborah Ann Wool, is it from? She's in Daredevil at the moment as Karen Page. Oh, yes. Was in uh, was in True Blood for, uh, from not straight away, but came onto it pretty quick. And she was turned... But she was turned when she was still a virgin. But then she went from this like Catholic schoolgirl type, and mm. then just had this sex drive. So she would go out, and she and she found herself a boyfriend who was a nice guy on the show, a nice character, and they'd have sex, and that would be her losing her virginity. But because she's a vampire, she heals. So uh, every ooh. time she would have sex for the rest of her life, and she started to hate it. And her boyfriend's like, "Well, we can work around this." And she's like, "No, I don't want to be with you if." This is what I am, you know, and so she was forever a virgin, but she had this incredible vampire sex drive to her, and it's like, wow, I've never really thought about that. And that, while I do pay out on the romantic side of whatever Twilight is or was trying to be, I'd rather than be mm. all about sex rather than about love, if that makes sense. Well, that's like, what it is, because yeah. it, it, I guess it really says a lot about the writers and and back in the day, the the creators of vampires. What are you if you can live forever? What what what? What do you want to do? Yeah. Well, you just want to party. What do you want to do? You just want to have sex. Well, it's the equivalent of, well, there's no consequences. Yes. No yeah, consequences yeah, yeah. And just on what you were saying about True Blood, they actually did a very similar storyline in uh, Buffy. And, right. And I've said a lot. Drink me every time I say Buffy. No, not at all. Well, we're um, talking about vampires and shit. But yeah, yeah so the one of the like Buffy's best friend, Willow, who in the first few seasons is this very shy, withdrawn, book smart sort of thing. There's a like a season three episode where... Um, they end up being wished by a demon into a, in an alternate reality mm. where Buffy never existed and Willow is a vampire. Yeah. And she's this black clad, like matrix looking leather clad, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, just like dominatrix, sexual, up for anything. And, and she kind of meets her her alternate universe self. Yeah. And just freaks out. She's like, oh, I was I was bad. And, <laughs> and, and I think a little gay. <laughs> and then like two seasons later, they bring that character out as being gay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was this really great little throwback and to this, you know, uh, the, the, the theme always being, you know, when you become a vampire is it's like, well, all your inhibitions are thrown to the wind. There's no consequences so you can be your true self the yeah. demonic self to yourself so that was a nice little uh, throwback to that it's yeah, like well, yeah. you know um, Alison Hannigan's character finally grew into who she was and realized oh I am a lesbian yeah you know and it's and it, that was part of her true self that's really that cool she'd been she'd been denying all the, all the all the time yeah yeah and then talk about the party aspect it is going off topic of the lost boys but going back to blade and it is one of the more iconic if not the iconic scene from that film. Oh, the dance and if, scene. If I'm only going to watch one scene from oh. that film, the only times I've watched that, if you haven't seen Blade, please go. I'm not spoiling the film, but there is a scene, there's a rave at the start. Before you know vampire, this is a movie about vampires. Mm. If you just went in cold, you don't know a guy who's taken in by a girl who's, yeah, very sexy herself, very, wearing very little, very confident, takes in this guy who's completely oblivious to what's going on into a rave party. She starts dancing. She's kissing girls, dancing with other guys, whatever's going on, just party, party, party. And then there's a drop of blood on his face. He's like, what the hell's going on? Another drop of blood. He looks up into the roof. There's blood dripping from the roof. It's coming out of the like the sprinkler yeah. system. It turns out this is a blood rave. It's a vampire oh, nightclub. Still blood squirting all over the room. Hundreds of vampires just bathing in blood. And they're screaming. Yeah. They're loving it, rubbing all over their skin, drinking it. 
And this guy's scared. He's scared shitless. He's running around. This is horrifying. They're all screaming at him and hissing. And they're wanting to bite him, but they want to play with their food first. Like, yeah. it's a horrific scene. It, it is really so is. awesome. Some of the most well done, like, screen blood. Yes, yes, Just the yeah. way it... It sits on their skin. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it's texture-wise, it's perfect. Yeah, and that's I think what got me with the the bottle of David's blood in Lost Boys. Oh, is that, was, that, that was Kool Aid. It was barely Kool Aid. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> that's hardly red cordial, guys. That is moving so freely. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, guys. Like mix some, mix a little bit of hardener in there. Come on. Uh, yeah. No, look, this was this is a really cool movie. If you haven't seen Lost Boys, if you did, I hope you enjoyed it for the mm. first time on the big screen tonight. If you are a long term fan, I'm sure you love watching it on the big screen again. If you haven't seen it, you did miss it tonight. Find it. Well, I'm sure we've, we've, we've spoiled it a little bit tonight, but whatever. Um, you know, that's the risk you run by listening and to look, a podcast about a movie you haven't seen. But go watch it. It is absolutely worth it, even if you do know how it ends. Because it's not like you can watch this movie and go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like You kind of put together, mm. they're going to fix the shit and people are going to get fixed yeah. up. But it's it's just a very cool movie. And if you like 80s stuff, this is going to be your 80s. jam. Yeah. Yep. And uh, something, particularly Brennan, who's part of our team here, he would like a little game you can play with this. It's, yeah. a, it's a drinking game. <laughs> You'd stop, stop right there. He would just like that. He's yes. fine. I mean, he'll, he has his own drinking game. Every time someone speaks, he drinks. <laughs> um, but the game you can play with this one is every time they say Michael, drink. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. It is. I, I looked it up. It's 118 times oh in God. the film they say the word Michael. Kiefer Sutherland, just the way he says, just come with us, Michael. 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 I think the way that that guy's mouth moves, I think mm. those letters in that sequence maybe work better than any other word in the English language. Mm. Like he just managed to it, be so goddamn creepy. And the way they edited that, like fading into different people's faces, the shots, like mm. the innocence of Michael, the the confidence, the creepiness of Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. And there is a so touch, cool. There is a touch of seduction there. There's a touch there oh, with absolutely. Davies seducing Michael. Yeah. Now we talk about the '80s nature of it, the way that it looks, the way that it sounds. We kicked off the uh, the podcast uh, with a song from the film, which kicks off the film itself. Yeah. And I was again like this film. I was immediately drawn to it. I'm just hearing this creepy chant, like like mm. children sing. Thou shall not kill, and then like yeah. variations uh, of it, right? Thou shall not grow, thou shall not die. Oh my god, it gave me goosebumps. Like, I'm watching all it was was like the camera was going through the sky, like yeah. just go, weaving its way Which through clouds. Is a common theme throughout the film, yes, yeah, yeah. And it just got me straight away. Now, this movie. I forgot to write down the composer's name, but I did read he actually uh wrote this song. For the film, it was done specifically for the film. I love that. Nothing had been filmed when he wrote it. It was he got a copy of the script, and he wrote the song. Wow, it, it's perfect. Just gives it that something extra. Yeah, you know that stops it from being goofy or a you know or a bad film. It, yeah. ju- it just adds this just unsettling nature to it that just oh so good. And how they keep bringing back that haunting chorus: "Thou shall not fill in the blanks here." You know, when he's, you know, going to change into a vampire towards the end where they're trying to save each other. Like, the use of this song is one of the best uses I think I've ever seen. And it makes the the return of, like, you know, when the vampires are coming, there's that shot where it looks like they're flying at you. You know, you never see it. Yeah, you never see them flying. But you see kind of the point of view of it. And it's like, and that gives you that menacing tone that you associate with the music. Yeah. Because it's like, well, they use that same shot in Hocus Pocus, you know, with <laughs> Bette Midler and yeah. um, old Sarah Jessica Parker. So it's like, well, that on its own isn't that menacing, but when you, you pair it with that, yeah, 
it's it, it's a match made in heaven or hell yeah. or wherever these demons are from, you yeah. know? It's so good. So it's good. so we, good, man. Can we play oh, it again? I, can we play it again? Yeah, we will. We're going yeah. we're gonna, to we're gonna play it out on the way out, but I just wish I'd known how good this movie is going to be so I could get hyped for it on the way in. So, <laughs> Isn't it great when you're surprised? Yeah. Well, uh, this week I saw uh, the, the new Kingsman film, The Golden yeah. Circle. I knew nothing going into the first one, and it was that pleasant surprise. Yes, yeah, I, yeah There yeah. was no hype in it. I just went, oh, okay, I'll go and see it. And I was so pleasantly surprised by it. And mm. I'm so glad you got that that sort of feeling seeing Lost Boys for the, for the first time. But yeah, you can actually check out our Kingsman review. You and I sat down here uh, the other day and spoke about Kingsman, both non-spoilers if you haven't seen it and you just want to know what it's like compared to the first one, all that sort of gear. Safe to listen to our non-spoilers. And then we jumped full into spoilers, talked some really saucy, juicy, spoilerish we, we details. Jump, don't use the word juicy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we jumped in pretty quick. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Don't say that either. Um, so you can check that out on our <laughs> podcast channel, SoundCloud and iTunes as as well as all of our reviews for the In The House movies. Uh, plenty more to come up. In two weeks' time, we have Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Hot time! Excellent! So that's coming up. Uh, and then a couple of other uh, really uh, great gems uh, before the end of the year, which does end with Die Hard 2. So I want to see John McClane back up on the big screen. That's going to be fun. <laughs> so uh, you can uh, check out all of our reviews as they come in and are done on our Get Into Geek SoundCloud and iTunes podcast channels. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get involved with us that way. Get in contact. Talk about movies. We just like talking movies. So you can find me, Mitch underscore Lewis, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm always up to talk films. Jump on board. <laughs> Maddie, where can we find you? Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on Instagram. Beautiful. We'll be back in two weeks' time to talk Wayne's World. Our movie chats may go into the future, Blade Runner 2049, a few weeks as well. And uh, we also do a lot of TV talk. We're going to try and build on it over the summer, but uh, myself and uh, Ben and Terry, who are on the TV team, do talk about superhero TV a lot, mainly the uh, DC universe. That uh, is called the Glutton for Punishment team. (laughs) I wasn't going to involve you. I didn't want to upset you, but that's fine. So we're going to bring that back in a couple of weeks when it does come back to Fox 8 in Australia, the uh, full Arrowverse and Gotham's joining it as well on Fox 8 uh, this year so if any of that at all interests you you can join us back on getting a geek so in you, the future you guys are adding Gotham I don't know if we're adding it oh, okay. but Fox 8 is alright well, I know that upsets you Maddie, but can I do something that'll uh, make you feel better okay yeah Geek.com